Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 48 of We Say Things, sponsored by absolutely nobody except for our amazing Patreon uh, contributors, which I was just saying this off air, Cinderin, but we're running out of room on the graphic. I don't know what to do once we get to that point. We'll think of something. Um, I'm sure. You make the text smaller, or you get okay. a bigger screen. Got it. A bigger screen. Okay, mm-hmm. that's an interesting yeah, way to put it. Yeah, just get a bigger screen. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we had a regular episode. Since we did have a guest last week, how have you been, Cinder? Since I didn't let you talk at all during the last episode. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean I did talk a little bit. It was really interesting. Um, I'm good. Chill. That's it. Good. Maybe I should have slept a little. I mean, what is really going on these days? Like, what's the news? My big news yesterday was that my dog was throwing up for the first time in two months. So, is he better now? I think so. I think he's fine. Good. That's great to hear. So, have you made any progress I mean, of uh, removing the microphone from your mouth so we can see your face at some point? Uh, no. I'll do it after I watch In Bruges. I think. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of In Bruges, by the way. We have now mm. hit our one-year anniversary, Cinderin. Oh. Technically a couple days away, but this is the episode that is the anniversary. Where are you taking me? Well, nowhere because of corona. Otherwise, I would oh. have taken you and gotten you drunk and taken advantage of you, probably. You know me and you. Yeah, that's way back. my favorite kind of anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well. But... Uh, obviously, if we'd done all the episodes, it would be 52 episodes. I have to say, four episodes... Uh, that we did not do is pretty fucking good. I was not a- expecting that. I figured that you would bail on like 10 to 15 and I would bail on maybe 1 to 2. But TI was like 2 in itself and I think 2 weeks yeah. we just we had stuff going on. So two two TIs fist bump, one Cinderin. week you were at an event and one week I was at an event or something like this. We had to please, postpone for Please it. fist yeah, bump the job. camera. Are you fist bumping me? Yes, please. Hmm. So this is the only safe way to okay. say Okay. Thank you. Uh, Very lousy, but you get one. Thank you so much, Cinderin. Uh We do have some Patreon shout-outs to give. So would you like to start, Cinderman? I would like this? to do all of them today because you did all of them last time. Oh, okay. Sure. So these the are our shout-outs for In Bruges tier, which is the highest tier of Patreon support you can give us right now. So thank you guys very much for funding the show, basically, or being a big part of it, obviously. Uh, ben Broomhead, Blaze, Shoznik Pizda. That sounds like an insult in Russian. It might actually be. Uh, DG, Dup, Deporia, Dyslexic Lawyer, Bane, GG Gamer 74, Anonymous, Milos Gavrilovich, Nivnev, Navi Panda, Perch Black, Ronnie Keel, Terry Tip, The Coward, Fellowship of the Ping, Vincent Moore, Wooden Aftertaste, and Zeroic Dota. You actually missed one. Very, very much. You missed a very important one. Which one? The first one. 
that doesn't look like oh underscore oh (laughs) (laughs) you just (laughs) okay thank you underscore underscore is legit oh yeah i thought it was just the start of the list Uh, like a marker so we have a we have a couple things to talk about before we get started on gameplay um this one's super brief did you see my taunt list by any chance I did see that you made one, but I didn't see the video or the list. Thank you. I really appreciate your support. If you guys like I mean, the I support. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you don't like fluff? Is that is that what's going on? I'm a very serious person, okay? I don't like fun. All right. So, since I stopped you haven't having seen fun list, 5 years ago. What do you think the best not, taunt over. in the entire game is? I don't even know what taunts there are cuz I don't really use them. Oh my god, you're so lame. I guess the best one is probably Phoenix dropping an egg. Oh my god! All right, I Let's might just skip him. this okay. topic because can, that is how can I horrible. Even more? What what would trigger you even more? Lion. Venomance <laughs> dropping a banana. Oh yeah, uh, lions. Banana oh, yeah, one's lion. good. Banana one's good. The number one taunt, Cinderin. By the way, you can mm-hmm. check this out on sunsfan.gg. You're probably gonna say it's Undying Thriller, right? Undying is number two, I believe. Oh, there's okay. one ahead of us. Let me just think. <laughs> Considering how stupid stuff you like, your number one is probably Ursa playing the symbols. No, but he is top ten. Oh. You're gonna get a lot of guesses in, apparently. So it's iconic. It's it was close between this and Undying, I won't lie. Undying is classic. I'll take I'll give you another hint. It's not Tidehunter, who was top three. God, there's so many now. In the game. I'll give you a hint, but it's not going to help. I don't even know if you know who Jay Leno is. <laughs> Perfect. That's Jay Leno is my hint. Jay Leno. Oh, that's some sort of actor or basketball reference that I don't get. <laughs> Favorite. Oh, my God. You are so out of touch about everything. Um, okay, Greatest of gonna... all time. That's the big hint. I mean, you put it on number one. Greatest of all time. Okay, I'm I'm I booted the game. I'm looking at the heroes right now. Oh, this wasn't supposed to be a 30 minute segment. Think about Clockwork? what I'm saying. No, no, it's not. Go through all you the don't heroes? even like that one. Oh my god! Mm. Can you just listen to what I'm saying? Just listen. No, don't hear my words. Listen to me. Greatest of all time. Oh, Leshrac. Yes, very, very How good. Number one. How is it not? What are you talking about? You crazy? Yeah. You put clockwork in the conversation? Get it. All right. Next topic. Triggered. Trigger alert. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we, uh, the la- actually, there's a couple more things. So NBA 2K, Cinder, I don't know if you know this, but the NBA, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, uh, season has been postponed completely. They had an NBA 2K tourney where NBA players played, and they actually got yeah. a couple superstars. And guess who ended up in the finals, Cinderin? Uh, Jay Leno. Very good. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, both Suns players, made it to the finals and they faced each other. And I actually watched on ESPN. It was quite entertaining for a while. Then it got a little old, not going to lie. But Okay, I just Googled Jay Leno. What does he have to do with Lesher? <laughs> oh, this is going to be a long episode, guys. Um, so Jay Leno is known for having an enormous chin. And I always thought that Leshrac looked like Jay Leno. Okay, that is that like chin. the most far-fetched hint. I, I do not feel bad at all well, for not realizing that. You, Even if I had looked at him, I would have had no fucking idea that that was the hint. I understand that you would say that, but the, the issue is I've brought this up to you at least double-digit times during our casting throughout the last 10 years. 
I've probably just thrown it aside every time. Like I know. This. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you, Cinder. So that's NBA 2K news. And then the last thing, which happened the other day, <laughs> I didn't get to. I saw the video and or I listened to it, and ouch. So as you guys know, iRacing has been going on. It's like a NASCAR thing, but for esports, obviously. And one of the NASCAR drivers named Kyle Larson has been suspended from NASCAR, and he's lost a bunch of sponsors because he said the N-word with the hard R. I I mean, it fits the NASCAR like stereotype, yeah. I suppose, but um, to see it happen like this, pretty crazy. I mean, what are, what are you, what are you really going to say to that? You know, there's nothing to say. Uh, it's just an update. I don't really know what to say. Like, it's just. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're it, on, right? Like, what do you? Well, that's the thing. Like, he's so I. Obviously, saying the word is that's not even a discussion whether it's good or bad or anything. But he comes from a traditional. We can call it a traditional sport. It's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a loose definition of it. But let's just say, and maybe not used to being in front of the camera for an entire like on microphone. I'm sure he says it all the time. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure your brain gets fried from NASCAR in general. Yeah, maybe. He's fucking Going driving circles all day. You know, some people were offended by your opinion, Cinderin. <laughs> yeah. One Fuck of which is opinion. an in Bruges tier Patreon patron. He likes NASCAR. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. So sorry, buddy. You know who you are. I love you. Okay, let's start oh. the episode. Uh, first and foremost, guys, this is the most important news of the last couple weeks. But Cinderin abandoned a game of Dota, <laughs> no. and he's a real piece of shit for doing so. Ugh. Can you please explain yourself? All right. This is like a really big meme on my stream already now. Like, of course it is. But okay, so basically, I don't know how I can sp- explain this in a good way for audio listeners, but with video, it's super easy to explain. So uh, I was playing a game, and it was the start of the game there hasn't been there hadn't been first blood yet thankfully that made it way less bad to abandon like that because i was the only one who got punished right Mm -hmm. um so my computer was dropping a little bit in performance while i was streaming and i was like okay i'll just restart the game sometimes it helps with you know memory loss or whatever that could be in the client so you know when you're in a game and you tab out you have two options you can click return to game or you can click disconnect so in order to disconnect quickly in in the past, I have always pressed disconnect first because then you immediately get out of the game and people can pause. If you go top right to sh- shut off the game, you get an extra dialogue option. It takes a little bit longer and you know you just want to lose out on absolutely no gameplay at all. So I press disconnect and I move my cursor top right to the off button for the game. I press that and then usually there's a dialogue saying, you know, are you sure you wish to leave the game? It changes the experience for all players, blah, 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 blah. So I press up there. I press yes immediately on the dialogue. And then it turns out the dialogue window it gave me was, would you like to abandon the match? <laughs> so there is this clip of it where you can clearly see I press disconnect. I move my cursor top right and I click there. And for some reason, the game registered it as I have clicked in the same spot I just did, which was disconnect. Now... This bug has actually been in the game for, I think, more than a year because I've had it impact me in other ways where I click disconnect, click somewhere else, and then it interpreted as a reconnect when I've been spectating or whatever, like uh, Mm. I've been doing before. So there is a bug in the client with this. Does it have to do with you doing it it really fast? Is that the bug? I guess so. So my theory is that after you click disconnect, the game freezes for a moment while it shuts down the connections and it doesn't register 
movement of the cursor during this lag. So if you click during it, once the lag is over, maybe it just processes, oh, you clicked before it processes the new cursor location. Mm. So it considers the click the first action. That's my, like, I'm not really into this now, technical stuff. have you emailed IceFrog for... I messaged him right away and sent the clip. Did you actually? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was making that up. <laughs> Can you no. please get rid of the abandoned? Please, I mean, IceFrog. No, I didn't ask them to remove the abandoned. I just showed the clip. If they remove the abandoned, that would be great. That would be plus 30 <laughs> MMR. Well, IceFrog does listen to this podcast uh, because yep. we're going to be talking about the next thing, which is 7.25C... Where a lot of regen stuff, a lot of here, I mean, just minor tweaks here and there. Yep. But the big one, Cinderin, is for drafting. When two players pick the same hero in a round, the hero is banned instead, and the round restarts. So if I'm remembering correctly, your suggestion was that exact thing, but for last pick only. Correct? Yes. Okay. Correct. What are your thoughts on, on this? There has been a little bit of abuse. I don't know if they've actually done anything about this, now that I think about it. But if you coordinate with the other team, you can ban the entire hero pool and the game just never yep. starts. So somebody has to abandon. Amazing bug. I, uh, I mean, I obviously haven't experienced that. I've seen one clip where it happened. I think it was Luki Luki and somebody else who did it for fun or for science. They just coordinated and banned them all alphabetically. Mm -hmm. The mathematical chance of this happening without it being deliberate, it will never happen in Dota's history. It is less chance than the number of stars in the universe unless yeah if you take into account that it's random it's obviously not fully random what heroes get picked every time there will be patterns but the number of combinations are absurd so it's not a problem the issue here is that it can be abused if team if players on each team don't like their teammates both of them or whatever they can choose to ruin the game Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's such an extremely minor problem. The moment it got uh, suggested to get patched in, I said, I think this is a good idea, but give it a cap. They did not give it a cap. So what, what would the cap mean? If it happens know, 10 times give, in a row, then... Just give it a cap are, of 50. They both so random? Can abuse it. Yeah, give it a cap of 50. Because like, at that point, it's absolutely purposeful, right? Right. After you reach... 50 isn't even necessary. Like 20 is enough or even even 10 like what are the odds that people what about the same hero when it happens without trying to do it when it happens you ban them cinderin would you like that oh then their accounts get banned ip oh, banned so gaben dude, comes to your Easter house egg. slaps you around with his briefcase the whole works Ooh, I, you know i like that what if they you get you get a lucky ticket to ti a golden ticket yeah as it were Nah, I think make the cap 10. If it somehow happens that the same hero gets picked 10 times in a row by the same two players, they're obviously doing it on purpose, and then they can both get random and get fucked. You know, there yeah. you go. That's Sounds good honestly a pretty simple solution. Like, this is a non-problem, because it's only griefers that are going to do it. And if you want to grief on both teams, then just let stop the griefers with a cap like that. It's pretty simple, I think. Uh, wards can now be attacked by the owning player. What yeah. do you think about this? So, so if you block a camp by accident, is that like the main Or if you block a camp on purpose at one point, mm -hmm. and then two minutes later, you're interested in opening it up. Uh, that is actually the case in some lanes. You, Let's say you're playing against... A great example would be you're playing against Enchantress, and you don't want Enchantress to get big creeps, so you block the camp. And then four minutes later, Enchantress is rotated to another lane and is playing a different part of the map. Now you might want to open that camp so you can pull it or farm it, whatever. 
that's the main thing, I think. It also protects you from mistakes. I think it's just like... Uh, it's like a... It's a little bit of help to people that misclick their word or whatever, where it's just frustrating that it inf- impacts your game so much if you place the word poorly or whatever. Yeah. I think... <clears throat> it's a quality of life, mostly, I would say. Yeah, that's okay. good to have. Um, um, yeah, anything the big else pattern, in this patch? Yeah, we don't need to talk too much detail. The big pattern is just region got nerfed a lot, which it needed, especially headdress. I think it was way too good. Uh, I'm glad that got nerfed. And the rest was just like heroes that were absurdly favored, like Lycan, Phoenix, Death Prophet, all got nerfs. And then for some reason, Clockwork lost 0.2 strength gain, which was weird. But everything else made a lot of sense. So, <laughs> yeah. All it's good. too strong, Sindarin. Too strong. Yeah, I don't know. That that one was stood out a little bit as weird. Every other mm-hmm. nerf, I think, was very very fair. But yep. So Pretty moving on, uh, ESL one has been happening. Obviously, it was switched to an online non DPC yep. event, and quite a long duration. Which I mean makes sense as it is online. You have to spread everything out. But what have you thought of it so far? So they obviously they made five divisions, right? They made Europe CIS, NA, SA, China, and SEA. And Europe CIS is clearly the biggest league with the vast majority of the prize pool. So Europe CIS has 200k, NA had 400, uh, uh, 40k, SA had 40k, China had 65, and SEA had 40, I believe. Yeah. Um, so Europe and CIS is the biggest one with clearly the most team, clearly the most viewers, clearly the most like broadcasting effort, uh, and that league is still running. Uh, so I guess I'll just do them in order, like what has happened, basically. So I've mainly been paying attention to the Europe CIS one, because that's where, to me, it's most interesting. The best teams, the best Dota. Um, major storylines, Liquid are losing everything, which is a bit surprising. They're 0 and 5. They're looking very cold. They're actually knocked out now uh, in their group, in Group B. Um, outside of that, some really big surprises. Some of the like up and coming teams, Chicken Fighters, are in third place in their group. I think a lot of people <clears> would not expect that. They're ahead of teams like Navi, NIP, and uh, yeah, Navi, NIP, and Liquid are in that group. They're they're currently the bottom three. Actually, those three teams are in the bottom three. Dude, I am a huge Era fan, by the way. One of my favorite players of all time, mm-hmm. back from the Han days. Yeah, he's, he's playing such support a nice for them right now. Too. Yeah, that's. Yeah. When I noticed that, that's like definitely out of character. He's been a position one forever. So interesting to see him he switch positions. He dabbled in support lately. Cinder, I said forever. Okay. Yep. That means forever, forever. is a long time compared to lately. So you're right. Um, Thank you. Outside of that, no big surprise, I guess. OG are looking good. VP may be a bit surprising because they haven't been so good lately. Are actually number one in their group. They're 5 and 0. Oh. Um, and they've been owning in some of their games. So VP are kind of coming back, I think, after a slump. Um, yeah, Nigma is in the top. Alliance is in the top of their group, or top two, obviously, together with Team Secret. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. The league is still running. The only team that is mathematically knocked out right now is Liquid. So they've got to be feeling pretty bummed about that. Out of 16 <laughs> teams, they're the first team to get knocked out. And it's not like every other team there is a big household name. You've got new teams like Team Unique, New Team Spirit, Dendi's Team Bait, Cyber Legacy, uh, Hellraisers, Viking GG. There's a lot of teams that you would think. They're not all from their group, but just the names in general. In the Okay. Uh, not to spend too much time, I'll just quickly go over the rest with the results, basically. So NA only had four teams. The winning team was Evil Geniuses. Big surprise. Second place, Quincy Crew. So that's CCNC's team. 
uh, Crazy got third place, and Business Associates got fourth. Even though we love their jerseys, they did not do too well. They didn't do their business right this time. South America. Love you, Brax. South America Beast Coast winners. No Pinky Sports second place. Furia got third. And Thunder Predator got fourth. This was another four-team league, so pretty short duration. Um, Not too much there. China is a bit bigger with six teams. Uh, Worth noting, last place, again, LGD. They're still just not... I think there's another league running in China right now where LGD is looking better, but they have been on the down for so long. They seemingly haven't done anything since TI. It's almost a year ago now. It's like eight months. LGD are still just not back on track. LGD got last. Um, Winners, or well, top four, let's say. Uh, RNG won the whole thing. Newbie got second, Ehome third, and Vici Gaming fourth. And finally in SEA, the classic rivalry... Or actually, I shouldn't say the classic rivalry, but the classic top dog is top dog once again. Fnatic won the Grand Finals 3-0 against Team Adroit. I'm not sure if that's how you're supposed to say it. Adroit. Um, Adroit. And then third place, Boom. And fourth place, Geek Fam. So, yep. That's um, that's everything that's going on right now. So only <laughs> Europe and CIS is still running, and that will run for quite a while. It ends in five days from now. So the group stage is still running for another four, and then the playoffs will run for, I think, three, unless they might have postponed some things. Not sure about that. So we yep. can take this opportunity now to talk about some of the roster changes. Uh, something I didn't have mm-hmm. on this list that I just remembered. I don't remember how long ago this was, but CC and C crew, obviously not sponsored anymore by Chaos. So that's one yeah, big change. I think, did we? Didn't we I don't remember about? ever talking about it. Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. Maybe briefly. Uh, it but was we because did... of uh, the recent given was COVID funding, right? I don't remember. Probably. Oh well, that's the wrong wording. That sounds like they're going to spend their money funding the COVID virus. That's not. Uh... <laughs> I think people know what you but... mean. When you say <laughs> I don't know how that would even be possible. Just buy up all the soap and hoard it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was that guy. That's in true. The U.S. <laughs> what a surprise! Who bought all the hand sanitizers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Alliance, we talked about how 33 and Fata were kicked, and yep. it was pretty much immediately announced, I think a day later, so it was after the podcast, that S4 will be joining them, but they have not announced a fifth yep. as of yet that I know of. Uh, S4 is mean, playing position three. There was some speculation we, that he might be playing five, mm. but he is playing position three, at least for now. So one player to go. I'm sure they're trying people out. Uh, is this so far? I'm trying to remember. Everybody's Swedish, right? Is that the change here? Uh, oh, Nico Baby is Bulgarian, I think. So he's the but next the other to player. go, is what you're saying. The, <laughs> the other players are Swedish. Okay. Uh, including the guy that they're playing with right now as a stand-in in the league. He has not been announced as their position five. I'm not sure if he will. Um, but that is Zibe, who has played mainly position three, actually, for OG Seed. Uh, okay. So I'm not sure what OG Seed are doing, actually. They didn't get invited to the league, which some people were a bit bummed about and thought was unfair. And it's, it's kind of, you know, the tournament organizers can invite whoever they want, but it's kind of on the edge of maybe they they were like one of the teams that would have been the next, I'm pretty sure. As of this recording, Alliance is actually, like we kind of mentioned, second in the group for ESL1. So they're yep. doing quite well with that lineup. Well. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they do with an official fifth. Uh, I mean, do you want to talk about S4? I think we kind of covered it last time as a possibility. 
Um, I mean, he disappeared off the face of the earth, but he is back. Mm -hmm. It feels like one of those situations, like, and again, I don't know any inside information on this at all, but maybe they didn't have that many issues with 33 and Fata. I mean, they were doing fine, like we talked about. It was more S4 saying, I want to come back, and you can't say no to S4. Is that a possibility at all? Mm, I doubt it. You don't think he has that much uh, sway? I don't think you split up a team that is mathematically qualified to TI and has had good results like this without a bigger reason than that. Well, I'm not saying it's the I don't, only I don't reason. know for sure, but it's it's a really big move to make. Like yeah. there's so much there's so many things to take into account and as far as a world-class player, like don't get me wrong, he has shown him he's proved himself so many times and he's I think people still probably underestimate how smart he is about the game a lot of the time people will like you know if people if fans watch games and somebody's having a bad game or a bad performance they will just you know target them like crazy but there's so much more depth and complexity to dota than having a good kill death ratio every game or whatever and you can bring a lot more to the team than that that isn't to say that he hasn't had bad games because he has uh there's been bad performances in the past for every player um but he's one of the smartest players in the game and that has incredible value at a pro level because it's so, a lot about smartness. At that not level. saying there weren't other issues, obviously. It's not going to mm-hmm. be the only reason, but it's if you have something that's kind of lingering within the team and you have mm-hmm. somebody like S4 to fall back on, then maybe that's true. you make you that, have an maybe a stronger it's more feeling. To, sure. yeah. That's fair. It, uh, of course, it's a different story than S4 coming and being like, hey guys, I want to play, take me back, <laughs> rather than... Well, They're it can like, be a combination. Okay, we don't really like what's going on. What yeah. options do we have? Maybe we could talk to us for, you know. Not everything's black and white, you know. Yeah. Uh, Universe has been released from Ninjas in Pajamas. Yep. Um, any thoughts about this? Universe just really <clears throat> hasn't found his footing since he left EG. It feels like he's been on a couple of teams. He took a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, Played Fnatic. But it's really surprising to me. That's right, Fnatic for a little bit. It's surprising because... I always considered him like the rock of EG during those mm-hmm. those crazy runs they had. I thought he was the most stable and consistent player on the entire roster. Yeah. Why is it you think he hasn't found success? Is it more he's just one of those players that's really good, but he needs the right team around him, like the right personalities? Or has um, he maybe lost a step? I mean, Dota is a little bit of luck, you know? It's not just how good you are. It's like sometimes, you know this, you, your, your team at TI6, right, was like the perfect storm. Nobody, including themselves, expected them to get second place, but sometimes things just click perfectly <laughs> at the right time. And when it comes to, like, building teams or playing with players, there is an element, like, you can... I don't want to write everything off as luck because that just, that's just loser talk, right? Like that's not the point here that I'm trying to make. But there are some things that are out of your control and some things you can't predict. And then there's obviously you can influence it as much as possible, which is why statistically, for example, Team Secret has been really good. But some iterations of Secret have also been really bad when they didn't really have to, you know? It's just, mm. you, it just didn't work for whatever reason, not because the players aren't good enough or because... It could be the patch. It could be somebody having personal issues during an important time. Like whatever it is that influences your gameplay is out of your control. I think Universe is super good, uh, and I still think he's super good. But you know, whatever opportunities you get are a little bit 
again, it's a little bit about luck. Like what teams are making moves? Can you get your way into a team that you fit well into the way you are, the way you play, the way you communicate? Um, yeah, I, I like the sad thing about it is that some some players that are really good in Dota, your stock can change really quickly. You can be the shit. And then a year later, you can be almost forgotten. And it's not necessarily your fault. Um, it's just, that's just the way it goes. You know, people have recent success is kind of paramount in this game. It's what people care about the most, most of the time is, did you look good in the last two months? If you get a couple of bad beats, you don't look very good anymore. Um, but yeah, this guy's great. If he wants to keep playing, he'll get opportunities. Um, he has... All the potential to go back on top. The thing I'm unsure about is his move to position four. If that painted him better or worse, uh, mm. I think maybe he should have stuck with uh, the three roll the whole way through. Uh, but NIP might have made the move when they did, moving him to four out of necessity uh, because they couldn't find a four that they wanted, but they could find a three. So, and then he was offering it, or maybe he wanted to play four. Oops, just shook my table there. Thank you. Either way. Feels like there's a lot Sucks. of offlane players in Dota. Is that there are? You get the feeling that half the population of players are offlaners <laughs> these days. That is an exaggeration. Yes, but it just um, feels that way. But yeah. Either way, the reason given is uh, because of coronavirus. They he is obviously from NA. He can't play with the team in Europe, and therefore they decided now's the time to. Do you think you're getting robot? Speak real quick. One moment. Right. Everything's going to be fine, guys. Just changing the server. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Hello. Everything's great again. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, Interesting. Just, Sometimes it, Discord servers just start lagging for no reason. It's man, really weird. Well, it's because a lot of people are using Discord these days, Cinderin. That's mm. shocking development, I know. Yeah. Uh, Cloud9. I want to talk about this team a bit. So we, the only time we talked about them was when they first formed... Their latest mm. iteration, I guess we should say, which of course is the roster of Envy, Ace, Snaking, Misery, and Pylai Die. I think we had similar opinions. Mine was maybe a little bit more strong. I felt like long-term personalities would never work, but they're very talented. Mm. They have been losing basically every single game, and it's not just series, it's games. Like They're going 0-2 mm -hmm. in almost every single series they've played. To the point where Envy, I don't know if it was a joke, I actually have to look at their actual record, but he was like, Two wins and we'll be we'll be three two two. We just got to get those two wins. They have lost so many games. What do you think the problem with this team is? I'm I'm looking at their Dota buff right now, <clears throat> and I see the team's record is three eighteen. Oh, okay, so they're but, four losses then. But I think I'm not sure where those wins are from because Snaking, Envy, and Ace are recorded to have one and seventeen. Hmm. So there might be like one series that is somehow logged to their team uh, from. Well, it's including time the order. We Play Charity, I believe, event. So maybe they I had see. some ringers okay. or something like that. It could be. I'm not sure. Uh, but either way, yeah. But basically, it's I haven't won completely any fair to say that they are not looking good right now. Um, and you can criticize whatever parts of the team you want. You can criticize whatever, but it's not working right now. And. There are multiple solutions to that. You know, you can change the roster. You give them more time and they figure it out. Like, we, we don't know what it is yet that is that is going to happen or if anything will happen. Uh, but obviously, a big organization like Cloud9 is not 
happy with this kind of a scoreline, right? And all of their players are good, right? They're individually skilled players. They have all had good results, uh, at least within their region. Uh, but right now, even within their region, they're just losing to absolutely everybody. So got to figure it out. Maybe they're being too creative with drafting and trying way too many things. Maybe you need to dumb it down and simplify it a bit so you can specialize. Um, maybe well, some me, players don't let mesh. Me ask maybe you, they don't have good synergy. Not sure what it is. What but. is your... I know there's no right answer for this because every situation is different. But in turn... like. I, I appreciate teams that go outside the meta and try to define it themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say you're a, a new roster. Do you think it's a good yeah. idea to even bother doing that? Or should you just be copying other people and just solidifying what you have first and then moving from, like, it's basically a stepping stone, right? As opposed to just trying to outmaneuver yourself almost in a lot of these strategies mm-hmm. that they're trying. Would you agree with that assessment? New teams, for most new teams... Building a comfort zone should be the number one move. Uh, the reason that they might be very creative with drafts and try all sorts of stuff is that they've the confidence that their players can play everything. And they can, but um, Dota is way more than every player being able to play his hero, right? You need to do the dynamics in the game correctly. You need to play off each other well. You need to have a good feeling of how strong each other's heroes are, not just your own. I think a big part of team strategy and game understanding is that everybody in the game understands every hero well. Uh, not necessarily perfectly. Like, the guy playing the hero should understand it better than the rest. But you need to know, like, have some sort of feeling, at least, for flow of the game, timings. When does this hero want to do what? Like, are we ready to take this fight or not? Are we ready? To, should we put these lanes or not? Will our lane be too bad or too good for this situation? And when I say too good, I don't mean that it's bad that you're winning your lane, but maybe you could have provided more resources elsewhere on the map that would have given you a bigger net win or whatever. Um, And when you keep switching the pieces up every single game, it kind of just looks like desperation, right? It looks like you're looking for something that's going to work. And that could mean one of two things, that they don't have a comfort zone at all, or that they're just really trying to diversify as much as possible so that they're impossible to predict how they're going to draft. But if you never win, it doesn't really matter, right? What you draft. Um, so other teams will probably go in with a lot of confidence against them. You said you should um, you should go for comfort zone, but what if hmm. your comfort zone is chaos? When I think of <laughs> Envy, I right. feel like he likes the chaos. He has to because every team he's been on, like talk about during even during his prime where he was being mm-hmm. like really successful, he would always be involved in crazy ass games, right? Yeah. I feel like he he has to like that to a degree for that to happen consistently. Yeah, but that's one player out of five. True. Do the other but, players play wild like this? Do they want to? Is that their style? I don't but know. But would you would you agree that of the personality, Misery has a pretty strong personality, but in terms of people putting their ideas out there, I think Envy, to me, would be the loudest in the room for the most part. Him and Misery. Probably. I think him, Misery, and Snaking. Most likely. Yeah, Even Pilot Eye is a pretty vocal player as well. I think Ace would be the quietest, probably, based on what I know about these players. But, I mean, we're not here to point fingers. We're not here to make fun of them, you know? It's just, it is what it is. It's not good, and we'll see what happens with this team. But it needs to be mentioned, because it's a big org, and it's a big result in a bad way. Um, so, yeah. Wait, I think it's, it's all one speculation. Of those things... I genuinely have no idea what's going on, but... Surely nobody is happy about this, except everybody that hates Envy, who is having a field day. Right. Um, 
but yeah. I think if they stick it out and they start winning games, this could be one of those moments where they look back and it's one of those like, what's the best way to put it? it? Losing that much can help you in the long run if you stick it out. You know what I mean? In a lot of situations, yeah. I've seen that in traditional sports and not. It's just rare it's hard, in Dota. Though. Yeah, it's hard that because people stick it out. And the reason for that is because of contracts and you're not forced to stay with anybody. You can just yeah. leave whenever you want. So not I don't know patience. what Cloud9's contracts are, though. They might be, you know. Right. I mean, for S- Cloud9 to come back in Dota into Dota, a lot more. Yeah. for Cloud9 to come back into Dota, I would imagine that they got a way better deal, meaning the organization, than you're used to seeing. Especially with a roster Possibly. that is definitely high risk. I think there's no question. Like, nobody's di- disagreeing with that fact. Very high risk mm-hmm. roster, right? Could be amazing. Like, right now, they're yeah. god-awful. But they could end up being amazing still. So we'll see if they oh, stick I it should out actually mention, I just realized I forgot to look at this metric here on Dota buff. The, so to give you an idea, for the three players, I'm only going to count the three players that played those 18 games and are 117. So we discount the other two games wherever they're from, or three games. Ace has played 14 heroes in 18 games. Envy has played 14 heroes in 18 games. And Snaking has played 12 heroes in 18 games. So, no, so it means... Not a whole lot of consistency. Two-thirds of games, they pick a new hero, or three-quarters, right? That they haven't played before, so they're just picking all sorts of stuff. And well, to be and fair, it looks unguided, right? Haven't picked them in other matches, but scrimming, obviously, I'm sure they've. They're not yeah. just. I mean, randomly sure. picking heroes. If you compare this to other teams, I don't think any team is close to this in terms of like this number of games and this variety. Is sometimes you have like one or two players that mat- that mix up a lot, but usually the patches for the most part. In the early stages of the draft, there is generally some sort of trend, you know, like maybe 10 heroes that are rated really high in the first phase. But if you have this much variety all the time on every roll, then you're not really conforming to what is considered good, which mm-hmm. can be both good and bad, right? But yeah. if you lose every time, it's probably not good. So, yeah. All right. That's oh, enough can, about that. Let's move on. We can transition away from uh, regular Dota and go into custom games just a bit. Uh, as you guys know, I've been working on a mod called Path of Guardians. I stream it sometimes. Actually, I pretty much play it every time I do stream. Uh, reception has been pretty good. Of course, it's closed alpha. Eh, it's mm-hmm. open alpha kind of. But we're hoping it comes out in the next couple of weeks. There has been a shit ton of delays, so don't hold me to that. But just an FYI for those that have been wondering about it, because I do get questions quite a bit. But there's been another mod that came out recently. Uh, called Polystrike. Have you seen anything about this mod, Sindarin? Yeah, it's the Counter-Strike in Dota. Yeah. Right? So it's a top-down view, pretty much mm-hmm. basically third-person Counter-Strike within Dota mod. So it's free-to-play, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of amazing, if you think about it. Because saw a lot of articles made about this mod as well. Uh, its reception has been pretty good as well. Um, it doesn't look like it's in Dota. It's actually super legit. I would never have mm-hmm. guessed if I didn't see it in the client itself. Like if somebody just showed me a picture, I would say, okay, this is a completely different engine or whatever the case may be. It's not within the Dota engine for sure, mm-hmm. but it is. So okay. I got to play it a bit and uh, I would recommend it for those that Did you play my character? Games. You have a character? Yeah, I think really? so. Really? I was told I, I would have a character I, as well. I think I'm in the game. At least I was told I would be in the game. Yeah, me too. But I maybe it's the you. same as you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> But, I thought uh, I was in the game. But shout out to that guy because uh, Polystrike has uh, 
it's it feels like it opens up a new what's the best way to put this when i think of like custom games within dota it's they're all confined kind to of the universe the yes not mm-hmm. only that but it's they're all strategy for right. the most part it feels like this is branching that's out a fair. bit more than we're used to seeing in the arcade yep. which is awesome that's true um but in more exciting news cinderin oh boy more exciting news artifact two well okay there's no actual updates yet but there have been some blog posts the last couple weeks that we will cover now i am very excited to hear your reaction so the first one which we'll talk is the older of the two essentially just talking about how they're gonna take care of people that have had the game for a while but they just haven't figured out what they want to do so feel free to Mm -hmm. email them and then they kind of teased us with a few cards, aka heroes, actually, in this case. So would you like to take the first one, and we can talk a bit about what this means for the game. Do you want to go sorry. through every single um, every single card and everything here? Well, there's not that many. So it's just a few. I mean, sure, but there's also the second up there. <laughs> I mean, I don't so know how much. I will make this into too. an artifact podcast if I have anything to say okay. about it. I mean, I, I, I like the game, so I'm not mad at... Uh, how about this? Just, let's let's mm-hmm. go through with it as I want to this time, and let's see what people think. If people hate it, they'll let us know. They always do. Uh, but I'm excited about it, so I want to do it. So tell me. Okay. Tell me what the cards are. Okay. So obviously, I feel like maybe we need to introduce a little bit just to get back into okay. people's memories what the game is like, because a lot of people haven't played it for a long time. So obviously, there's like different colors of cards. You can play like different factions, if you will, almost. Um, and the new cards that have been announced are all... There's one item, and then there's two blue cards, two green cards, and one black card. And the black card is a hero, so Marana is being put in the game. Um, and it has two abilities. It has the Sacred Arrow, which costs four mana, and you can choose who you use it on in any lane. And if it's a hero, they get stunned, and they take two damage plus one per lane it travels. So if it's further away, they take more damage. If it's a creep, it just dies. So it's like a one shot. It's like, um, what card is it that does that already? Uh, slay? Slay, correct. Uh, but Slay is only in one lane, I think. Correct. Slay is not cross lane. So this is a better version of Slay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other active ability Marana has is Leap. So she can switch lanes on her own, which is a, incredibly powerful. It's basically like having, um, what is that item called that allows you to switch lanes? Um, uh, why is this eluding me right now? Why is it eluding me? <laughs> uh, it shouldn't blink. be eluding you. Blink, blink, blink. Blink dagger, correct. Yeah, yeah it's like blink dagger. And uh, what blink dagger usually does is it switches your lane and gives you... It just passively gives two damage. But what leap does is it has three turn, turn cooldown and costs one mana. It moves Marana to an adjacent lane and then she and... New neighbors get plus two damage. That sounds really powerful, actually. Yeah, it sounds like there's uh, just going to be more movement in, in general. Um, but some new stuff that we should mention. So active abilities within, within heroes now cost mana, which is new. Yep, that was never the case new. before. It was just a mm-hmm. cooldown. Um, yep. So And the stats apparently have been toned down drastically. I mean, Marana is a black hero. Typically, black heroes are like between six to ten damage. And a bunch of HP, or not always a bunch, but... She's a 4-4, mm. four, four. Four attack. She's fragile. Yeah. Four health. Uh, so very fragile indeed. Wraith King is another hero that was introduced. It's a green hero. Four attack, three health. Has a 
passive ability called Reincarnation. When Wraith King uses a Death Shield, heal to full and give enemies minus two attack for their next combat. So essentially when he dies, uh, he comes back. And he comes yeah. with a card, which is four mana. Stun a unit this round. Give it plus two decay for two rounds. Decay, so decay is, is a new mechanic, right? Yeah, new mechanic. It's essentially just negative regeneration. Yeah. Um, so it takes place after the round. <laughs> uh, the, the current temporary art for Hellfire Blast. Dude, I tweeted at them. I want them to keep all the temp art. I actually want this in the game. The, art, the person's face. like Okay, so to explain this to audio listeners, it's basically... A very simply drawn person who's like looking. At this he, his it's a face of despair basically. As there's a seeping cloud going towards his face that really <laughs> looks like it's just drawn to be a fart. You know. <laughs> I mean, original really Hellfire Blast was a fart, if you remember. Yeah, I know. I know. They're definitely reusing that idea. So geniuses over at Valve for sure. Yeah. All right. Next one I'll take is a green creep called Sticky Grievel. It's one mana. Uh, it's a 1-1. One, one. Yep. And Sticky Grievel's combat target has rooted, which essentially means they can't move. So it kind of implies that a lot of these heroes, a lot of these cards will be able to be moved to other lanes or get out. I mean, based on the next update, it kind of mm -hmm. talks about that as well. So rooted just means you uh, can't move, which is good. And it's not based on being hit. It's just the fact that this creature is in front on the opposite side of them that right. prevents them from using, for example, leap, um, mm -hmm. which is a really big change to the game. Actually, adding a root mechanic in artifact is a huge deal because one of the things that decided games a lot of the time was actually blink dagger. I thought that item was always super impactful, and if you're making more units and heroes that can move between lanes now. Uh, first of all, that's really good for the game, I think. I think the whole strategy of uh, of playing all three boards is what's really setting this game apart from other card games. So empowering that part of the game, to me, is a really good thing. Uh, and making counter-strategy to it is a big part, too. So I'm happy to see this idea. I think it's going to be really good if they implement it well. Yep, They agreed. have not announced any changes to arrows, though, as far as I'm aware. Right. So that's one of the biggest pieces of criticism that they got, and we'll see if they if they uh, do something about that mechanic, or if maybe new changes make it diminish its impact. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so far that I should just mention that because that's something All right, people you take about. the next two, and then I'll take the last one, and then we can get to the yeah. latest update. So then we have Morphling Whelp, which had me cracking up at the temp art. It looks so—it's <laughs> just a like blob. Literally, it's literally a three-year-old trying to draw their dog. <laughs> um, so four mana cost. Creep. It's a one-five. Um, what's that? It's a creep. Yeah, it's a creep. Yeah, of course. Um, play effect: copy init abilities from the enemy blocking Morphling Whelp. So. It will still have a 1-5 unless the init ability of the one blocking it gives it attack or health or whatever. Um, but it's basically the ditto of this game. Mm -hmm. um, if you're playing against some sort of... I think this card can be super powerful against the right decks and shit against others. And it's really about whether um, the counterplay that the enemy has in their deck is useful for you. Uh, so, cool card, you know. Uh, Sounds like a sounds like a fun one to have in your deck, and it's blue. Mm -hmm. Then we've got def defenestrating. Is that how you spell that? Okay, defenestrating Defenis ogre. Defenestrating, not menstruating. Oh, it is. 
Yeah, the okay, it's the text above that's written incorrect, but the one on the card is correct. Okay, oh, defenestrating yeah, yeah. ogre. <laughs> uh four five creep, five mana cost, play effect, bounce the enemy blocking defenestrating ogre. And bounce means that it gets thrown back into the hand to be right. redeployed. That's a really powerful mechanic. Um I'm assuming when you get it back in hand that it heals to full, but they haven't specified that. I'm sure um, it does. But it probably gets healed to full, and it also loses potential buffs that it has built up. So it can both heal it, and it can damage it, technically, uh, to bounce it. Maybe it stays in its current form. Um, that is entirely possible. We don't know that. But All right, And then the last yeah. thing from this update, which was a week ago, uh, an item. This is really cool. Okay. So, again, it's been a while since I played Artifact. Uh, I think the last time I played was maybe a few months ago. But an item called Sheepstick... It costs 25 gold, which by old standards is the most expensive item in the yep. game. It's tied with like three others or two others maybe. Yeah. Um, it costs one mana to use. So some of these are new. So before, car, uh, items did not cost mana to use. So this mm -hmm. costs one mana to use and you put it on a unit. It doesn't say if it needs to be a hero. We don't know if things have changed. I assume it needs to be a hero. You put it on a unit and it gains five attack and also an active ability. So this is completely new mechanics. So the active has a two uh, round cooldown and it costs one mana to use every time you want to use it. And it hexes an enemy for two rounds. They're stunned and look like a sheep. So this, again, completely new mechanics for items, which this just opens up like... We were talking about how things are going to be more simple probably. This what's is not the, more simple. What's the new mechanic for item except that it costs mana here? What else is new? Well... Could Isn't, oh I guess well no, it's more your, could have flat stats and they could have actives with cooldowns. So the only new thing is that it has mana cost, right? Um oh maybe you're right actually. Like, Wait no example, th this is a potion though. Look at it, it's a potion. So let's say you get Horn of the Alpha, right? That's a health item that applies to the health section of the hero. They have attack, armor, and health. This is a potion, and you're giving an ability. Oh, this is a buff. Yes, this is a buff. Actually, right. It's a potion. I didn't see that. I just thought it was a weapon. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's new. A lot of, that like, again, we have to, maybe some of this is even wrong. Like, who knows? Maybe that's an attack item. I'm just speaking out of my ass. But uh, it says potion at the top. So we yeah. don't know exactly what is going on. That but makes the price make cool. a lot more sense, I think. Because the well, other 25 cost items have been bonkers. And this is right. definitely very good. But the fact that it's a potion makes it so much better. And twenty five might not even be that as expensive as we, as we think, because maybe, yeah, gold maybe is the gold formula is going to change. Stuff, yeah. So new update today, uh, talking about some board layout slash deployment changes. So the biggest, not the biggest, the biggest thing is the arrows, like you talked about. But one of the biggest complaints was the original flop. So you have you pick your five heroes and three of them start the game, one in each lane, mm -hmm. right? It's completely random where they start. And it's completely random where they end up in the lane versus the other heroes. So yeah. if you're playing like a red heavy deck and you're playing against blue, you're going to get a lot of kills early on. And that's really frustrating for the blue player. Although who gives a shit about blue players because they're pieces of shit anyway. But that's a whole other story. Anywho, mm, yes. things have changed a bit. Um, so in the three lanes, a creep will spawn every round in each lane on the left side. Each lane can only hold five units, which is an enormous change in and of itself. That's crazy big, actually, yeah. 
And so the very beginning of the game, your first hero, both respective players, choose where they want to put it in the middle lane, okay? They don't see where each other are placing it. They only see it after they've put it down. So you get to choose of those five spots where it goes. Mm -hmm. The second phase of that deployment is you take your second hero, and one person puts it in the third lane, one person puts it in the first lane. Then they both see where they put it, and then you can react with your third hero if you want to put it in front of them, vice versa, etc., etc. So right. that is enormous changes to the deployment phase. Uh, they've also put in some examples to make it easier for you guys to understand, but we don't need to go through everything. But I will say that some of the abilities of the heroes have changed. So, for example... Uh, it's pretty quick, actually. So Triant Protector used to give two armor to the units adjacent to him. Now the armor is allies up to two slots away in this lane have two armor. So it's a buff, essentially, from before. Mm-hmm. Bounty Hunter, his... Oh, by the way, Triant Protector's stat line is now 27. I'm trying to remember what it was before. It was like 410 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Bounty Hunter used to be a... 7-7. Seven, seven. It was a 7-7, but it had a chance to proc Janata, which made it 11 damage, I believe. But now it's Janata a 4. was not good design. Right. That Everybody was hated not that. not good. Um, but now he's a 4-4, four, four, and his ability, even though it's still the Janata icon, it's called Track. <laughs> I'm guessing they're going to change that one. Yeah. Uh, Bounty Hunter deals 3 damage when attacking tracked heroes. Plus Deploy, 3. Or plus 3 damage. Uh, deploy yep. track bounty hunters target if it's a hero tracked units have plus five bounty so we're nice. assuming his card is still the same which would mm-hmm. make sense uh we talked about marana bristleback of course this was everyone's favorite hard to, favorite card to hate other than axe for red he would essentially just gain two armor for every kill he gets that's the easiest way to simplify it yeah but now he doesn't have that anymore he has bristleback when bristleback takes damage outside of combat Reduce that damage to one, then activate Cool Spray, which is a deal one combat damage to adjacent enemies. Um, yep. So basically, spell damage just sucks ass against him, which is kind of cool. His stat line, by the way, used to be, oh my god, it's been so long. It was wasn't it eight ten? Is that right? Eight twelve, I think. Eight twelve. Yeah. Was it eight twelve? Yeah. Now it's four five. <laughs> He's a yeah. baby now. It and looks, the, based on these cards, it looks like what Valve will try to do with this game is promote uh, killing heroes a lot more. Mm. Like, and that will be a, the interesting and fun part of the game will be ramping up killing heroes and getting gold. Where beforehand, uh, at least when I played, some decks had that as their strategy, like mainly red and sometimes black decks did that. But usually what green and blue decks did was just board control the whole time. Uh, Mm -hmm. and they didn't really care if they got kills or not. They just needed to sustain long enough that they could draw their game-winning combos, which were sometimes pretty stupid. But now, if every hero starts having low damage and low health, it looks like this direction they're trying to take the game in is more like a brawling card game, where the primary objective of the game is to kill heroes in order to get gold and then spend that to upgrade your heroes, which, when you think about it, is way more Dota-like, actually. Um, That kind of promotes the dota way of playing way more where you we don't want to sacrifice strategic depth we need to have combos we need to have uh different ways of playing the game but i think it's good for the game if there's more kills because it also makes it more interesting to watch there's Mm -hmm. a more it's an easier story to tell 
to people that don't play the game as much or even people that do that there's something simple to keep track of all the time that you can very easily understand you can very easily explain what the impact is player one kills player two's hero he gets gold and now he can make his make his hero stronger it's very easy to understand um so i think this is a really good move if this is what they're trying to do um the concern i have though is that a lot of the times when you do stuff like this where beforehand the factions were very different is that maybe you end up streamlining the factions a bit too much if the heroes are too similar in stat lines. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do about, let's say, red. If all of red's heroes start being mediocre, how do you buff red? Because if well, red's I... heroes are average, the, the deck sucks. Like, right. They are their heroes. So Well, yeah, out of these heroes so far, you know. Triant Protector, who's a green, has by far the most HP, which is seven. Yeah. Um, I wonder what a blue hero is. I hope they have one HP, so they maybe they just delete blue. That would be great too. Um, but <laughs> the last hero that they kind of showcased here was Timbersaw. He has four attack, one armor, six health. I believe he was a four eleven with one armor, something like yeah, that. I think so too, four one eleven, yeah. And he Thank used you. to have a passive, which was reactive armor. It was like such a. It was very boring. Essentially, mm -hmm. however many units were supposed to attack Timbersaw, that's how much armor he gained for the round. But now it's now Timber Chain, which is an active. Three round cooldown, one mana cost. Move Timbersaw up to five slots away. Deal one damage to each enemy passed on the way. And I believe there was a thread on Reddit where Dev answered this. It can move lanes with this. So right. if you're like in the fifth slot or even like the second slot, whatever the case may be, you can move to another lane, which is awesome. So That's more mobility. a really cool spell. Yeah, I love it. And then the last thing they kind of ended with was just extra notes. Uh, deploying a hero on top of another hero will bounce back the old hero to deploy next turn, which is like a free TP, essentially. Deploying a hero on top of a creep will destroy the creep, which is, of course, on your board. Mm -hmm. When you play a creep card, you can choose the exact slot in the lane to deploy it into. And playing a creep on top of a unit will destroy that unit. Uh, it's so a lot of interesting like mechanics players get more control of their actions yes which you would think the arrows thing. are gone because of this you'd think but i just i think know. i think the hidden thing about this is that arrows matter a lot less when you have more control because now you can play around the arrows whereas it felt like before you were just at the mercy of i hope i get good arrows mm. where now when you can choose how to place your creeps there's a board limit uh, I think all of this diminishes arrows. And even if they're still a part of the game, the impact they will have on the individual game will be way smaller. So uh, it's hard to say without playing the game, but just from these few changes that they're showing, I don't even know if the arrow mechanic will matter much anymore. That's a good point. I didn't really think about that. I think it's more for me, like I don't care as much as most people, but I know that they care mm. so much about it that maybe it's just the principle of the fact that you just, like from a PR perspective, does it matter if you keep mm -hmm. them? Do you think people will still shit on it, even if it is a fine design choice for the new artifact? Does that matter, considering how much they shit on it to begin with? You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I'm thinking about call. if the mechanic even needs to stay in the game anymore. I think the arrow was necessary to an extent. Like, necessary is maybe the wrong word, but it made a lot more sense in the old layout. But if there's a five-unit limit... um. Then maybe the arrows don't even need to be a part of the game anymore. It will be a bit more like other card games where you place units and then only units in front of them block, like say Magic or I think Runeterra maybe has the same mechanic where I, I'm not sure how that works. Maybe I'm wrong about that one. But they block right in front. Yeah. 
Yeah. So maybe you just the way you place your units just has that impact that you can dodge blocking, which is fine. Uh, I don't think that would be bad either. It was just a different design choice that Artifact took originally, and I don't know with this card layout either they're gonna. I, my thoughts is either they keep them as they are, or they remove them completely. I don't think they will change them. Yeah, we'll see. That's, I mean, that's my the guess. cool thing about this is every Monday for the last three weeks they have updated on this game. So next week's episode, we'll probably be talking about this again, which is great to hear. The last thing they end with is armor works differently from the base game. So that's interesting because armor before it just essentially mitigated damage, physical Wait, damage on attacks. What did I just say about, hang on, what did I just say about magic? Have you played magic? No, only Runeterra. How is it? Maybe I'm wrong. Wait, how is it? I've played it very little, so maybe my memory is a bit... I don't. I actually don't think that's how blocking works in that game, now that I think about it. It's how blocking works in Hearthstone, it's how blocking works in Runeterra, but not how it works in Magic. In you Magic, know, when, you choose who blocks, I think. It's a when bit Artifact gets going again, we'll have somebody like Joel Larson on as a guest, and we can talk about all mm. the differences of every card game. Yeah, he plays like every card game ever. Also, the, last, the very last thing they mention is Tower Health is dependent upon the game mode. That's interesting. That implies that there's going to be hmm. different game modes, some of which maybe like turbo mode, where you're just like a super fast version awesome. of the regular, which is kind of what people wanted to begin with. Yeah. Uh, they don't say anything about... Obviously, we have a lot more questions. The arrow thing we've talked about ad, uh, ad nauseum. I want to know about mobile. I know this doesn't matter that much for a lot of people that, are into, that were into Artifact to begin with, but for this game to be successful, I think mobile is 100% necessary, which they probably have some good stats that they got from doing Underlords. Mm. So I would be surprised if they've waited this long and they don't have some sort of mobile, but we'll see. Yeah, I think um, maybe one of the things that turned people off a little bit about this game as well is if you compare, if you compare Artifact to Hearthstone, which is what people will usually do, right? I feel like mm -hmm. in Hearthstone, there's a more predictable game length. Whether you like the length or not is a different story. But let's say the average game is 20 minutes, then a short game is 10, and a long game is 30, or something like that. In Artifact, a short game could be 10 minutes, and a long game could be literally 45 if it went Dota long. Game. And people a fucking took, Dota it could game. literally take as long as Dota. And when there's that much variance in game time for a card game, I think maybe that's a bit of a problem when you're trying to make a game like this. Um, I'm not saying that long games are bad. They can be really exciting and interesting, but uh, the average artifact game was longer and the variance was really big. So if you're like, oh, I'd love to play a game of artifact, like you don't really know if you can set aside the time to play a game. It's kind of like Dota where you're like, okay, if I'm queuing for Dota... I need to have at least an hour, maybe even more. If I, ask you if a I question. have to leave in an hour, I can't really queue. Because then what if it's a long game? Then I am going to have to abandon, right? So I'm not saying that I don't try when I play Dota, when I stream mm -hmm. and stuff. But I know that you like take it very seriously. Like You take it as, as if it's a profession, because it is. Mm -hmm. When you play a full stream... I don't know if you've even streamed Artifact now that I think about it. But from my, from my experience, playing five, four to five hours of Artifact was more exhausting than me literally playing Dota for 12 hours straight. That's how it felt to me. A very draining experience. Would you agree with that? I think... I, I haven't streamed Artifact for that long. I think the longest Artifact session I did was maybe two or three hours. Uh, I don't remember it being super exhausting, but I think part of the reason you might feel like it's exhausting is there's so much... 
how to say, there's downtime, right? Uh, which can be both good and bad. It might sound weird that you get less exhausted from having from playing a game where you're doing stuff all the time, such as Dota. Um, but in Artifact, there's just so much waiting, right? Especially if you play against somebody who ropes all the time. It's Please so hurry. slow. Yep. Right? Uh, and that can be... I think it's mental... It was less about the waiting for, for me. I, I th- you thought the game was more... Like, I thought, like, there's so the much to think mentally, about that it hurt yeah. my brain. Right. That I'm constantly thinking of every scenario. And I'm not I saying I was a professional on any level, but I was a good player. Like, I was good. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a lot of shit to think about. I think then it is because you play the game at a higher level than Dota. If you play a Dota really high level, I mean... Fair enough. It's weird, right? Because Dota is a more complex game than Artifact. But... Um, but the way you play the game, there's so much that comes down to experience and just flow of the game rather than an artifact where you have the time to just really think about all the possibilities. In Dota, you don't. In Dota, you go largely with, instinct. what have I tried before? And Yeah, instinct and gut, right? Yeah. So I can see that, actually. That, like, the, the conscious thinking you do in artifact is probably way more. Whereas in Dota, it's a lot more about doing. If that somehow makes sense, I think. I mean, I you've could, seen I me play Dota. I literally queue up my first 40 minutes worth of items. Think. Yeah, I just brain dead yeah. it. Like, all right, I know my items yeah. for Pango. These are my six <laughs> items I'm getting. Let's hope I win. All right. Yeah, that's how I like to play. But that, that's the it's, thing. Like, I'm not. It's also possible that, let's say you played Artifact for as many hours as Dota, that your opinion would shift. Because then all the conscious thinking you would have to do would be less and less over time. Because you. There's so many more situations that you know by heart or have seen before that just become second nature for you. Mm. Like, let's not forget you played Artifact for maybe some hundred hours, maybe a thousand. I don't know how much you played, but Dota, you've played for thousands of hours. So, like the comparison of how much training you've you played have Dota is... two for thousands of hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's a uh, the... slacks reference. But um, oh, yeah. what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I played Artifact for over a thousand hours. Uh, Dota like 8,000 maybe. So mm-hmm. it's still a discrepancy, of course. All right, last topic before we get to the mailbag, Cinderman. Mm-hmm. Valorant. This is maybe a bit of a yes. sore subject for you. <laughs> we can talk about that a bit. Wait, talk what about, did you say? That it might be a bit of a sore subject for you <laughs> to talk about source, Valorant. S- sore subject. subject. What's that? Sore subject. Oh, sore subject. Oh, I thought you said source subject. I was like, what source? No. Okay. So right. I was lucky enough to get a key last week via Slasher, who was our last guest. Cinderin sadly has yet to receive. It. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. It got lost. Maybe they in the do mail. an internal check of how much people care about the game and really want to play it, and you passed and I didn't. No, I'm. I've, I'm not. I'm not really on it. Hand on heart, I'm not jealous or envious at all. I'm fine because I thought it would be fun to play, but I'm not. Not like super excited okay. about. That it. makes me. I would feel like better. to try it because it would be fun, but. I'm not like, fuck, no, I don't have a Valorant key. I'm not like think, trying uh, to get one actively, right? We have a but theory why you did fun. not get a key. Yeah. I Would named you like my to account share? Cinder and Dota. Because <laughs> yeah, Cinder was taken. Yourself. So I named my account in Riot's system Cinder and Dota. And I was like, I wonder if they're going to give me a key. <laughs> yeah. Not, and you were like, it might chances. make them even more inclined to do it. Because they want people from other games, right? To come well, in and in, play their game. In theory, but... I. I don't know how petty they are either. So yeah, you never I don't know. know man. Maybe Pendragon was the one who saw my <laughs> my application for it. He was like, "Oh, 
This guy talks to Ice Rock. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so Valorant uh, uh, closed beta is out. Uh, a lot of people are streaming it. A lot of drops being had. I know a lot of people still have yet to get drops. Uh, the viewership on day one was astronomical. Of course, everything's boosted because of the drops, uh, but it broke some records. Um, I believe it's the second highest of all time behind League or something. I can't remember, actually. There was a lot. Uh, like Exclamation something like- mark drop in chat, guys. Pretty much. Uh, the game itself, have you seen, have you watched any? Maybe you can give me your impressions from before and I can tell you mine I've after just playing wa- it for a week. I've watched so little. Like, I okay. don't feel That's like fine. I've watched enough to even give you an opinion except just flat out surface level what the game looks like. Right, so. okay. I've been streaming so it like pretty much every day, actually. I have been, I wasn't sure. Okay, let me give you my perspective on general games, okay? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. me, Cinder. I, I don't play yeah. other games. I, I'm mm. a monogamous gamer for the most part. If you go back to my CS career, <laughs> at most there was two games I'm playing, which is Dota and CS. New okay. games come out. I, I fucking love God of War. Mm-hmm. We started playing it uh, a couple years ago or whenever it came out. I haven't finished it yet. I st- the game is amazing. I haven't finished it yet. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't know what it is. I'm not like the old school gamer that I used to be. Is it is God of War like The Witcher 3 and like how many side quests there are and how long you can play the game for on your character? Yeah, it's true. Nikki and I are kind of sharing the same character, so I liked I liked The Witcher 3 a lot as well, and I didn't complete it because I wanted to do every quest. Mm. And if you do that, it's like a life. Yeah, it's a lifetime. True. (laughs) So So anyway, back to my point. I generally, when games come out, I'm very critical. I don't like them. I like Valorant quite a bit, Cinderin. Quite a mm-hmm. bit. Uh, my initial impressions, which you guys heard me last week, have not changed. I feel even more strongly about them, actually, that it is a Counter-Strike and Overwatch hybrid. 100%. There's, I don't think there's any question about it. If you, I think the thing that me and Slasher were kind of disagreeing with, um, how, what's the best way to put this? So let's say you have a list of 10 things describing a game, right? Mm-hmm. let's say we're talking about Valorant here. Let's say seven of them are Counter-Strike, even eight, and two of them are Overwatch. On paper, right. it's like, oh, this is much more like Counter-Strike than Overwatch. But yeah. the issue with that thinking is the weighting of the individual items on the list. The two right. things from Overwatch, I think, have a huge impact on the game, which is spells. But aside from that, I've been liking it quite a bit. It's a nice breath of fresh air. It's Counter-Strike 1.6, super high tick rate. It feels very smooth. Uh, the gameplay is fun. I'm starting to get my FPS itch again, where I'm not doing horribly anymore after so many years of break. Like the buy, like just small things like the buy system. You can buy people's items or buy the, their guns for them like in a menu, and it just drops on them immediately. Like It's so fluid. Everything about it is so fluid. I've been really impressed. Now, the skills in the game are the one thing that I haven't 100% loved. Um, So every hero in the game gets four abilities. The first two are usually like utility type abilities, and you have to buy them like as with your credits, as they call them. So it's like you you start of a round, you buy a gun like in Counter-Strike, and you can buy instead Mm -hmm. of a, a flash or smoke grenade or whatever, you buy these skills that are associated with your hero. 
Okay, so the credits are an in-round currency, not an in-game currency that you pay for with real money? Right. In-round currency like Counter-Strike. So So how do you unlock stuff? What's the monetization of the game? Well, I'm getting to that. We'll talk about monetization last. So the first two abilities, like I said, you have to buy. But if you die, you don't lose them, which is really cool. So you can just like buy this stuff for your hero for that throughout mm-hmm. the entire game, and you can use them whenever you want. Uh, usually, those skills, like I said, are kind of utility based, but they're it's not like Counter Strike. It's like a hybrid of Counter Strike and Overwatch, where the abilities are very strong in some cases, and then mm-hmm. to the point where gunplay does matter a lot, and it's more important than spell usage, in my opinion. But it doesn't mean that the spells have no impact they have a huge impact on the game the other two so abilities one that you like, get mm-hmm. that that's kind of like in in counter-strike when you think about it right where gunplay is the most important part but especially at higher levels grenade usage and map control become way more important right correct and the impression i have about the spells of this game is that some of the spells are map control like you have some sort of smoke bombs or traps mm-hmm. um that you can use so yeah okay that's so that's what good. i'm saying is those utility spells as they're called are more hardcore than Counter-Strike. Like, I'm talking about global smokes. Like, one guy has three global smokes he can use, essentially. He can put them whatever he wants on the minimap. It's fucking mm-hmm. ridiculously strong. I mean, people can see through walls, which I guess isn't that different from Counter-Strike if you think about it, because there's so many hackers. But you can see through fucking walls, wall hack and all that good stuff. And then the other two abilities, one you just get automatically and it has a cooldown, and it's free to use. And the other one is your ultimate, which you have to get enough ticks, which is like through kills or defusing the bomb or whatever it is. And then you can use your big ultimate. Some of these heroes are crazy, Cinderin. Mm-hmm. Fucking crazy. Like this demolition so it feels super chick. super imbalanced. Yes. I mean, so the hero I've been playing a lot, a lot of his abilities are kind of meh. His name is uh, Breach. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that is super OP about him, you buy two flashbangs, which is his second ability. Mm-hmm. It flashes through walls. I can flash through a wall. I get literally five kills minimum every game from just using this ability that he has. I flash through walls. I go around the corner. I sh- shoot him in the fucking face. But then there's some characters like... I think there's there's kind of a meme going around that Riot basically said skills will not get kills, essentially. like mm-hmm. It's mostly about gunplay. There's a chick, demolition chick named Ray's. She's mega imbalanced. Everybody's complaining about her. Okay. She has a drone that it kind of like scouts. It's like a Roomba. <laughs> Everybody calls it a Roomba. <laughs> it's like a little scouting device that goes ahead of you. And if it yeah. runs into somebody, it blows up and it kills them in one hit. So in a lot of situations, you peek when you can hear the bot activate, right? And the guy yeah. has to choose between killing the bot and dying to you or killing, getting the trade with you and dying to the bot. That's her first yeah, ability. That's, that's Second that. ability, like, she gets two like C4 that. charges, which she can use just like throwing it on the ground and blowing it up, but she can use it on herself to jump really high mm-hmm. and it doesn't do damage to her. Third ability, this chick is fucking crazy, by the way, if I didn't mention that already. Uh, what is her third ability? Actually, I can't remember. But her ultimate Cinderin mm-hmm. is a rocket launcher <laughs> that can kill your entire team in one hit. There have been aces within three seconds of the round starting that she kills the entire team. So people are complaining yeah, that about that. Doesn't her. sound very balanced. But overall, I'm really impressed. Despite that, it actually makes me think. Like, I hate Overwatch. We've talked about this many a times. I don't think I hate Overwatch 
because of the abilities. It's just everything together just doesn't feel good. You know, it mm-hmm. takes forever to kill heroes. Everything is just really hard to understand what's going on because it's just super flashy, which is a lot of flash in this game, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's been mods back in like the old Counter-Strike days that were basically this game. You get abilities yeah. within Counter-Strike. That's kind of what it is. So overall, I think it's going to be a pretty big game. I still stand by what I said. Tier 1 Counter-Strike players will not switch. I mean, a lot of it depends on how big the tournaments are going to be, of course, but we're just assuming everything's generally equal across the board. Tier 1 Counter-Strike players will not switch. Tier 2, maybe. Tier 1 Overwatch, maybe they switch. The game doesn't seem to be in a great state. So we'll see. I'm waiting for you to get a key, but then we can't play together because it's region locked. So that's kind of... Oh, no. (laughs) The old Riot ways. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So that is Valorant. Oh, the monetization. So mm-hmm. do you know you don't know how it works at all? No, no clue. So the way that it's working right now, and of course it's in beta, so I don't know how much will change, but there are, let's say there's 10 heroes. Yeah. I believe six are unlocked right now. And by playing a little bit, you unlock two. And then by mm-hmm. playing a shit ton more, you unlock the other ones. Okay. So you unlock characters by playing. Or buying, can you, I'm sure. You can buy them. Okay, so it's like League. Well, I don't f- I'm don't. i trying to think if you can buy them right now. I don't know if you can, but I mm-hmm. would be shocked if that's not a thing because it feels like that would be a thing when the game gets released. And then in terms of other cosmetics and stuff, it's Counter-Strike. So skins of guns, okay. which don't interest me on yep. any level, like little trinket sprays. Uh, they don't have loot crates yet, but again... Like a lot of the right. battle pass related stuff and achievement system, it seems like super beta to me. Okay. But like the gameplay and everything, it's it's quite good. So Yeah. That's the way more important thing to showcase is the gameplay itself than the surrounding systems. Right. But when the game comes out, the systems need to work. See artifact. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, excited to see again, I this doesn't help my career in any way. But uh, I have no reason to like this game, but I found it a lot of fun. We'll see how long I'll be playing it for, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so moving on to our last segment, Cinderman Patreon mailbag. We got one question today. What do we got? <laughs> we got a, are we going to use their actual nickname from the server? Guess we are. Uh, yeah, I have nothing else. <laughs> so this question is from French Pressed Enema. It's <laughs> a good name. Thanks for the dank podcast to listen to while stuck inside losing MMR. Yeah, I know that feel, bro. Question for the podcast. I know uh, What pro would make the best team if you cloned them and had to play all five positions? I have an instant answer for that. So, but I'll I have you... an instant answer, too. I think I know which one yours is, and I'm not going to pick the same one. Okay. Um, so, But I'm going <laughs> to guess yours is no-tail. No, actually. No. Oh, okay. That would be a good guess, though. That, that would be so, in, the, in the running. So I think this is obviously just a thought experiment. But what's interesting about a question like this is that a lot of people will just take like some sort of superstar, right? That they're a fan of, that they like, that they just think is good at the game. But if you were to really do this somehow, right, then the things that make a good team good is a good mix between like leadership and non-leadership, people being skilled on their individual roles, people working well together as a team, having good attitudes, being good Mm -hmm. teammates, all of these things. 
So you obviously can't have everything if you can only have one player. Because if you have a very vocal player, now you have five vocal players, and that's too much. If you have a very quiet player, you have five quiet players, and nothing gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, it's hard to find players that can play every role. But my pick for this, the first one that comes to mind, and I've thought about it a bit more, and it hasn't changed, is Zai. Ah, um, same. Is that your pick too? What yeah. the fuck? So, so here's the reason. <laughs> the reason for it is that I think so. First of all, this guy is really smart and good at the game, and he's very he can play a lot of of different stuff. He plays like every hero, and he's very quick at learning and adapting to what he needs to play. He's not a very selfish or greedy player, so one of the weaknesses of the team would probably be if you would imagine to like how to take take the resources on the map. Um, but just in terms of being a good teammate, talking the right amount, if he could only be one person that there would be five of, and have strategic ideas, being able to draft, he would probably be my pick um, for this. So it's fun you chose the same player. Is it, um, though? Then I can't talk about another player. I mean, I... You can, so you can give your perspective on it. My perspective is that I'm really good at talent evaluation center. I don't know if I brought this up before, but... Mm, uh, yeah. No, back when I started the team, right, I had made a list internally of which players... Like in a perfect world, I would want on the team. Mm-hmm. Number one in his own tier was Zai, hundred percent for yeah. every reason you gave. He can play any position. He's been very successful as support, as off lane. He hasn't really played a whole lot of carry or mid in terms of competitive play, but mm-hmm. in pubs he does, and I think that's an easy transition for somebody like him. He's very easy to get along with. I think I don't know how much he actually talks. I consider him probably the quiet guy, but it's better to have if you have five of the same player five quiet guys versus five loud guys i think yeah. you take the quiet any day of the week there's gonna be less drama and all that stuff just like being a good teammate like you said it's, it's just a super easy one for me zai 100 not even close on a tier of his own so congratulations to zai who's now sponsoring this episode of we say things episode <laughs> I think, 48 so i actually think a lot of people would pick no tail uh for this for first of all he's won two ti's right so he's a very proven player he's played mm-hmm. basically every position in dota he played carry mid Four and five, I think. He hasn't played three competitively, but I think he's played every other role. Um, and he has proven himself on every of those roles. And clearly, his, like the attitude and what he shows in terms of like fighting spirit and good mood and everything in, um, in True Sight as well, right? Just makes him a really solid pick that I think more people would probably choose than Zai uh, based on what they know. But yeah. yeah. That's, I put him- he, would, he would definitely be high on the list too. He would be high on my list. Reasons, though. The only thing I would question, again, it depends on your interpretation of five of the same players. Is it literally mm. a clone of yourself? Because then you're going to yeah. get along great. Like, do, if you have four clones of yourself, you're going to. I'm pretty sure nobody. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, here. that's true. But the reason, like, I'm thinking of it as five players with the exact same skill set, exact same personality, but they're not the same person. They're not clones. Right. So in that case, I think No Tail would butt heads with other No Tails. Because he can be very passionate, he can be very loud, which again, in the right circumstance, which we've seen with OG, is great. But five of the same players, not so much. Mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't pick him. Uh, I would actually put Yapsor pretty high on my list as well. Um, he's very greedy though, which is an issue for position five. That's the real crux of the that situation. That team would no. probably start sabotaging itself by climbing <laughs> around. Yeah. So I just like probably. Yapsor. They would start laughing at each other during the draft and start randoming. Dude, imagine five envies on the same team. I don't know about that one. That, that would, would be crazy. Be, 
That would be a that fun would be team to watch. That would be fucking crazy. <laughs> Did you hear about... Uh, sorry, this is a whole different thing, but him walking down mid and not even knowing he walked down yeah, mid? Yeah, I saw the clip. <laughs> I saw the clip. So I didn't, I didn't see any comments about this, but how is that possible? So for those that don't know, there's a clip where he gets up from his desk and just goes AFK for a minute, the beginning of a game, and somehow he walked his hero down mid and fed... And his team is like, oh, fucking shit, this again? Because he's done it before in games that he doesn't get the role that he wants. He comes mm-hmm. back, doesn't find out that he died for like 15 minutes. He looks at the scoreboard, he's like, I've died twice? What? What? <laughs> so tell me, how is it physically possible to walk down mid at the beginning of the game and not know? Uh, so... The way I think, there's two options. One is he clicked <laughs> He clicked to run mid to place a ward, and then he forgot he clicked because it's like absent-mindedness or whatever, and just okay. went FK. And the other one is he got up from his chair, like you said, and then randomly his mouse is on the minimap, and right. he touches the right-click button without realizing. And then it's just it's insanely unlikely. Like, both versions are Only to you envy, dude. <laughs> but of course, it has to happen to envy, right? On stream, too. Oh, oh God, that's, so that's good. Okay, well, that brings He us... won the game, though. He won the yeah, game. Yeah, he won the game. Oh, God, he's so precious, actually. Imagine so you come back. Like, I'm sure Envy gets so much hate in his games. Some of it deserved, a lot of it not, probably, from people yeah. that, you know. So there's a good chance he has his whole team muted. But I think in the clip, you see him muting his enemies when he comes back. Mm-hmm. So his allies are actually abusing him already, calling him a moron or something. And he doesn't mute them. He just mutes all enemies and starts playing. <laughs> He doesn't even think twice about why they're flaming. He's just like, oh, yeah, I guess. Well, another day. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's got to that's gotta be pretty sad, right? Like, yeah. you're just at a point where you're just used to every game. You just get flamed. So when people do it, you're just like, oh, well, I guess. And then you just start playing. You don't even think about why they're flaming you anymore. Dude, that's sad, yeah. man. It is. But it also shows strength that you just seemingly doesn't. He seemingly didn't give a fuck about it. But He's resilient. I don't know, He's man. He's quite resilient. Yeah. So I think that brings us to the end of this episode of We Say Things. Cinder, have you seen In Bruges after the one-year anniversary? Not even for our one-year anniversary, have you seen In Bruges? No. So this is a pretty good representation of what real life is like. I forgot our anniversary. Um, So Yeah. And I... Shannon, anniversaries are overrated, right? You know what's not overrated? Actually, I don't know if In Bruges is not overrated. Maybe I'll find out one day. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll find out one day. Apparently, it's on Netflix, according to chat. I did not know that. That's a new, oh, really? new development. So well, that gives you more incentive. easy for me to get to. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Not like it was easy before or not, but, you know. Mm. Maybe with brain damage, it could be a little difficult from time to time. A year later. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Sindarin, really appreciate you covering your entire face with your microphone again uh, for this Lovely. episode of We Say Things. Until next time, guys. Suns fan Sindarin signing out. Goodbye. Bye. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.